Look at your day and see how much time is devoted to things that you're strong at and good at can make a bigger difference with. Hi, and you just entered the Leadership Gym. I'm Randy Hall. I'm an executive coach and leadership consultant, and this is the place where we work on our ability to lead our team, lead our business, and yes, lead ourselves. If you are looking to improve your capabilities as a leader, you are in the right spot. And thanks for being here today. Hey, has anyone tried the Freedom app? I just downloaded this thing. And what it does is it keeps you from getting on the web. (laughs) It essentially protects you from yourself relative to wasting time on your computer. So a lot of times you can get stuck doing research, at least in the work that I do. But obviously, we get stuck anywhere on the web and then just find ourselves in this rabbit hole space spiral to nowhere that we now have to recover from and get back to work. And so I downloaded this thing because I'd heard about it in an effort to try to shield myself from some of that. A lot of times for me, it does happen with research. I'll go to check out a topic or other thinking on a subject or even just to look at at things that I've looked at in the past that have been inspiring to me as I begin to write or prepare for a podcast or any of that. And what I'll often find is 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour later, I'm still looking at stuff that I don't need in order to do the podcast or I don't need in order to finish the article or the blog post or any of those things. So it's really pretty interesting how much time we can lose. And so I tried this thing and and I just downloaded it right before I began recording today. And it's really interesting because quickly as I was making a few last notes from my sort of long form that I do for the podcast, I then pull a couple bullets out that I want to think about. I went to check one thing on the web. And as I did, I get this screen that pops up and it's all green with a little butterfly that says, you are free, go do great things which is awesome because it did protect me from spending long there and also slightly frustrating because I just wanted to look at this one thing. But in the bigger picture, I probably didn't need to. In the bigger picture, that was probably a habit or an impulse that I had that didn't serve me well. And so uh, maybe I'll give you some updates as we go on how this thing works for me. But right now I have a big green screen here with a butterfly on it that says I'm free. Go do great things. And so I hope this podcast is one of those great things that this episode has some great things in it. We're going to talk about this concept of leaders and how they sometimes trap themselves by thinking that they have to have it all figured out in order to help anyone else. And I get to work with this on a daily basis. Lots of leaders that I work with are at their most vulnerable. When we do work together, by the nature of executive coaching, sometimes they bring things to me that aren't safe or they don't feel they're safe to bring to other members of their team or peers or bosses or even talk about within their organization. And they save it for what I create during executive coaching, which is a safe conversation. And so sometimes I get things that are a little deeper, that are a little more protected when you think about a human being and how they work and what they care about others knowing. And so what you find is that 
most leaders, most people, even the most successful leaders that I've worked with have a whole bunch of insecurities, doubts, fears, worries, concerns, ideas about why things might not work, what could go wrong, gaps in their confidence, lots of things that can happen here that derail us. And what I've also learned is that most of the time, the most successful leaders have those things and push through them. They find a way, they build a set of habits to push through them. Because look, nobody gets it exactly right. You can carry all your baggage with you and still go make a difference for people. People think I have to get rid of all my baggage. I have to solve all my own problems. I have to remove all my insecurities. I have to build my confidence. I have to learn how to do this flawlessly in order to go lead a team of people that are doing great things, like the butterfly says. It's a complete falsehood because I get to work with people every day who are not perfect. They're not flawless. They don't have it all together. Most of us are train wrecks in some way, shape, or form. It's a human condition. So just embrace your train wreck and move forward. Everyone has some train wrecks in their world. Maybe they're in different areas. Maybe they're in the things that aren't their strengths, but they exist and they exist for every human out there. It is certainly possible that the degree of train wreck can vary from person to person. But this concept that I have to be relatively perfect, fairly bulletproof, exceptional at what I do in order to go lead is a complete lie that we tell ourselves. It keeps us from going and having an impact on other people that we could have. We're the only thing in our way. Look, consider this. People with fewer resources, fewer capabilities, maybe even more insecurity, less means, more obstacles have been successful. They've conquered some of their fears. They've moved forward. If you haven't listened to my episode on Misty Diaz, go do that. Go find it. I didn't make it easier for you because that's what I wanted to look up on my own website, <laughs> but the butterfly stopped me. So find in my episodes the one that talks about Misty Diaz and understand her story and the number of hurdles, literally and also figuratively, that she had to overcome in order to achieve what she believed was success. Sorry, I made that hard for you. Here's another story I want you to think about. When I first started doing a lot of the work that I do now in executive coaching and training and leadership development, I did a lot of work with not-for-profits, and I still do some. I'm, I'm booked at an event in, in the fall of this year that I'm really excited about. It's called the Men of Color Summit at Clemson University, and I'm excited to be able to speak there. I'll let you know more about it as we get closer. But I do things like that for two reasons. One, they help me stay grounded. They help me learn. They help me embrace other cultures, ideas, ways of life, thoughts from people. And that's a good thing for me. 
The other thing is that most of the work that we do is about helping others get to a different place because we feel good about having that component in our lives. That's what a lot of leaders do and embrace and and why they do the work because of what it gives them for doing the work. And sometimes I get an even greater sense of that when I go do it in these environments, people that maybe wouldn't normally get exposed to this kind of coaching or this kind of thinking, it's a real opportunity for me. And so I do it for both reasons. And I was working with an organization called Jacob's Ladder. And here in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I live, there was a chapter here. And essentially what they do is they help people that are unemployable go find work. And when I mean unemployable, that's their word that they use sometimes. I mean people that have been incarcerated, people that have been homeless, people that have never used a computer, people that have never filled out a resume. It can be a lot of challenge when you think about their mindset and the things that are in their way relative to going to get a job. And they do it for two reasons. And they state this pretty clearly in their mission and in their reasons for existing. One is because if they don't, who will, which is amazing when you think about it. And and probably leadership is a lot like that for us in some cases. If we don't lead well, who will? Sometimes people don't. And then the second component is that if we help these people be contributors to society, they will make choices that cause them not to be detractors from society. And that can be taken a lot of different ways, interpreted a lot of different ways. But at its core, it's a really genuine sentiment that we want to help these people experience the value and the feeling of contribution in ways that maybe they haven't before or in ways that maybe they haven't for a while. It's a really noble cause when you think about it. So I was doing a workshop here at Jacob's Ladder for the people in the session. Now, one of the ways that they get people to come to these sessions, because as you can imagine, they might not be flooded with people that want to come to a workshop on setting goals, depending on where people's mindset currently lives. If I am jobless, I may not be interested in going to do those things. Those kinds of things might not appeal to me at that moment in my life. And so what they do is they offer a bus pass for anyone who comes to a session. And then they continue to offer bus passes as you continually come and keep working. And they have all kinds of workshops, some on computer usage, some on professional etiquette, on filling out a resume or on creating your own resume, lots of things that are done there for these people that are working to get to the next level in their life, wherever that is. And so I was doing a workshop there on goal setting and talking about the power of goals, why they matter, how they change our thinking, what's important about them, how to set them well, how they allow us to identify habits that we could develop that would get us there. Whole big set of ideas, possibilities, concepts, and a framework on goal setting. My goal was to tip my goal. My goal was to take it in and not make it a nebulous thing or a cliche thing, but actually explore why they mattered, how to set them, how to use them at this stage of their world. And part of what we did at the beginning of that was everyone got to stand up in their business attire because Jacob's Ladder has a a place where people 
on the first level of this organization. They can go and they can borrow clothes. They can find clothes. They can have clothes that work for them in a professional environment. And so I had a whole lot of professionally dressed people in front of me and they stood up one by one and introduced themselves and told me a little bit about themselves, which was awesome. A lot of these people weren't a customer, hadn't gotten comfortable speaking in groups of people or in front of others like that. It was a really exciting opportunity for them and most of them were exceptional at it, despite the fact that they didn't believe they would be. And I'll never forget one gentleman who stood up in the middle of this conversation, in the middle of this workshop, in the middle of this introduction process at the beginning of the workshop. And he said, my name is Mo and I'm a chef. Now, I knew that these people did not have jobs. So it was stunning to me, a little bit interesting to me or intriguing that this gentleman had stood up and said, I'm a chef. Not I want to be a chef, not I think I might be a chef, not I'm working on becoming a chef, but I'm a chef. That's what he said. And I said, okay, Mo, it's great to meet you. Tell me a little bit more about how you came to become a chef. And I said, okay, Mo, it's great to meet you. Tell me a little bit more about how you became a chef. And he said, I go to the local culinary program down at the community college. They offer that for free if my attendance is good. So every morning I get myself up off the concrete. Mo didn't have a home. Up off the concrete and I go get dressed and I go down there and I participate in that program and we graduate next week. I'm going to be a chef. That time he did say, I'm going to be a chef. It's just interesting to me that he didn't think about he was going to be. He'd already achieved it. I came back about two weeks later for a follow-up session, and Mo was not there. And by now, you probably know where Mo was. Mo was cooking. Mo was a chef. Mo was working at a local restaurant. He was gainfully employed. He was changing his future. He was building on something that represented a thing that mattered to him, a thing that was important. He was making a difference. He was interacting with people. He was doing something that caused him to feel better about himself because of what he was accomplishing. Now, when you look at people like that, it is easy to see that our obstacles are often smaller than other people's, that our insecurities get in our way of letting us lead well, of leveraging our strengths of doing things, interacting with people, working in ways that allow us to take a team or a business or both or ourselves to the next level. Most of the things that trap us are not out there. They're in here. They're inside. And so I want you to do three things as you think about embracing your inner train wreck and moving forward anyway. Because everyone has one. The first thing is find your strengths and develop them further. And then use them mostly. I was having a conversation not too long ago. Often when I start with executive coaching, I'll reach out to that person's boss, manager, superior, leader, next level up person, whatever you want to think of them as. And I'll ask a set of questions. And one of the questions that I almost always ask is, Hey, what does this person do better than most people? And it is really interesting. Sometimes 
Bosses will struggle with that term about their people. Leaders will not have that on the tip of their tongue sometimes. But if I ask them what they need to improve on, they'll give me a pretty good laundry list. And sometimes they'll start there even if I don't. <laughs> Those are the things that come to mind for them. What I want you to do is throw out a little bit of this nonsense around fixing all your weaknesses. Coaching is not about fixing. Development is not about the fact that you're broken. It doesn't work that way. The leaders that I know that are at their best know what their strengths are and they leverage them exceptionally well. They allow themselves to work in their zone of excellence, zone of genius. It's been called a lot of things, but that intersection of what they love and what they're really, really good at. And by the way, those things tend to live together because if we love something, we often get better at it. We don't mind the practice, right? So that's where I want you to think about your opportunities. Find your strengths. If you don't know what they are, I want you to think about them and develop them further and use them mostly. Look at your day and see how much time is devoted to things that you're strong at, good at, can make a bigger difference with. Number two, I want you to find strengths that you want to have, don't have, and work on them. This is different than finding weaknesses. That may be something you don't even care if it's a strength, just because somebody else mentioned it. It may be something that you have no interest in developing, just because other people think you should. Now, if you have a weakness that's going to derail you, that's a different story, but that's not what we're talking about here because most weaknesses won't. You can delegate, compensate, improve enough, ask for help, be vulnerable in ways that allow you to work with weaknesses because we all have them in a leadership role exceptionally well. So find strengths you want to have and don't, and then work on them. Carve that time, find that space, get that learning opportunity for yourself because you want to get better. And three, when you focus on your weaknesses, when you catch yourself saying, oh, I'm not that good at that, or I don't have that much experience at that, or I really am not all that confident about it, or what if I mess it up, or I may not know as much as other people around me, I want you to do this, I want you to ask yourself this question. What do I know that I could do right now that would help me or someone else on my team be more successful? So if I'm thinking, well, I'm not that good at coaching or I don't really understand their work and so I'm not sure I can help them or they're really struggling over there, but I don't know the answers, any of those things, I want you to say, what could I do for that person? that might help them become more successful right now and start to stay with that question. What do I know that I could do to help? It might be just asking them to tell me what they're struggling with. It might be just scheduling a conversation and, and telling them I want to learn more about the challenges they're facing or the opportunities that they have or what their goals are in the organization. It might be just calling them up and letting them know that, hey, I know it's challenging right now, but I'm here if you need anything. My job's to help you be successful in the ways that you want to be. And so use me for that. It could be that, could be anything, but I want you to take action in spite of your belief that you might not be great at the action you're about to take. That is the key to learning to lead 
in places where we feel like we shouldn't. Leadership comes with this connotation that I have to have the answers, be better, know the things, be able to solve all the problems. And it's a complete, complete and utter failure of us as leader developers to allow people to think that way. You don't have to be perfect. You don't even have to be good at a lot of things. You got to have a few strengths that you care about, that you work on, that are geared toward your ability to interact with other people in ways that cause them to think differently and achieve more because you showed up. That's all leadership is. Lots of skills associated with it. Lots of things we can get better about. Lots of things we can get better at doing as we get better at leadership. No question. Those are the things we want to be strengths. Hey, if you want building a fully accountable team to be a strength for you, I've got an opportunity for you that I want you to take advantage of. We are launching a masterclass called Building a Fully Accountable Team. It's coming up shortly, and I want you to go to leadershipgym.com forward slash accountability. I was having a conversation with a leader not too long ago, and I said, what's the one thing you wish you had more of in your culture? And he said, accountability. What people think, though, is that people just bring that with them. They don't. Leaders cause it. It doesn't mean that some people can't bring that with them. Of course they can. But if we are a leader that knows how to build it, cultivate it, support it, encourage it to thrive inside our organization, we're going to be better off than people that get lucky enough to have a lot of people show up with it already. We want to do that, too. But let's do both. As leaders, let's find it and let's understand how to develop and cultivate it. It's a series of steps. It's a process. It's something any leader can get good at. Leadershipgym.com forward slash accountability. And if you like our conversation here today, I hope you'll give us a rating. Hopefully, we've earned a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. And write a review. Let people know what you walked away with. Let people know if something mattered for you. Let them know that it's worth their time to go learn, become a better leader themselves, and that they can open a whole new set of doors for themselves as they go chase opportunities in front of them to lead differently, to influence others differently. So thanks for doing that. I appreciate it. Now go look at your strengths, find them, leverage them, focus on them. Don't let those obstacles stop you and go make a difference. (laughs) 